As many of you know, I served for several years as the director of priestly vocations for the Diocese of San Diego. So I was helping young men who were discerning whether God was calling them to the priesthood. And after a period of discernment, if I felt there was a genuine call there and they were ready, uh, they, they would begin the application process. And that included a very long interview, sometimes it would take three hours, in which I took extensive notes and asked many, many questions. Some of those questions would relate to the candidate's family of origin, right? How it was they're growing up and their relationship with their parents. And I remember asking one of the candidates, tell me about your mother. And he said, oh, Father, she's a Proverbs 31 woman. Now, you may deduce from that 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 candidate grew up as an evangelical Christian who knew his Bible well, <laughs> and he converted later to Catholicism. Proverbs 31 is our first reading today. It describes a worthy wife, a worthy wife who is far more valuable than, uh, than pearls. And the description is not what you would expect from the stereotype of the role of women in a patriarchal society. Uh, the worthy wife is not one who is simply passive and waits for her husband to tell her what to do about everything, but rather she takes initiative. She increases the family's wealth. She administers the family's charitable giving to the poor. She is like the faithful servants in the parable that Jesus tells. Right? The master entrusts a certain amount of wealth to them, and what do they do? They increase it. Jesus teaches us that all that we have is a gift from God, and that we are supposed to take an entrepreneurial approach to that gift, to give back to God a return on his investment. And so what characterizes a good entrepreneur? I think there's at least three things. Uh, first, they work hard. Right? Second, they're creative. And third, they take risks. Notice the third servant in the parable, the one who buried his master's money, lacks all three of these qualities. He is lazy, he is unimaginative, and he is fearful. And in the end, he's left with nothing. Now many people think that to be good simply means to avoid doing evil. I have a friend in college, so during college I was, had a kind of conversion experience. I was a, I was a different man uh, in the middle of college than I was at the beginning, and this is a friend that I knew from the beginning. And I remember distinctly one morning we were sitting down for breakfast in the cafeteria, and he started this way. He said, you know something? I'm a good person. I never killed anybody. I don't do hard drugs. And I haven't slept around that much. Right? I thought to myself, well, I should canonize him, right? I mean, wow. <laughs> That's not the way we should think about what it means to be a good person. We should think about it in terms of the positive qualities, the virtues. Okay, so you don't steal from other people. But are you generous in sharing what you have with the poor? Okay, so you haven't killed anyone, but have you sacrificed of yourself to help others to flourish and to have abundant life as Jesus did? 
In sports, sometimes commentators talk about two different strategies. The difference between playing not to lose and playing to win. So this comes up, for example, in the game of football. Let's say there's 10 minutes left to play in the game and one team is up by two touchdowns. There are some coaches in that situation, they take the play not to lose approach. They begin to just call plays where the running back runs the ball up the middle. Those of you who are longtime Chargers fans will remember this. <laughs> right? And, and so what they're trying to avoid what? They're trying to avoid a turnover, right? A change in momentum of the game. But uh, oftentimes, they have several drives where they go three and out, and they have to punt the ball, and the other team capitalizes on that, and they end up losing the game. There are some areas in life in which playing it safe is the right thing to do. But when it comes to our work for the kingdom of God, Jesus wants us to play to win, not play not to lose. He wants us to stretch ourselves and to make the most with what we have been given. Every one of you is richly blessed. God has entrusted you with much. Your life, your abilities, your family and other important relationships, your economic and educational resources. God has entrusted you with grace, the gift of his divine life and love through the sacraments. He has entrusted you with supernatural virtues of faith, hope, and charity, with gifts and fruits and charisms of the Holy Spirit. And some of you have more than others, but that's okay. Even those with the smallest amount are richly blessed. You know, a talent in ancient times was a measurement of wealth, and even one talent was a huge amount of wealth. So, how well are you doing in using your gift to glorify God and serve others? Will you make a return to the Lord, an, an increase, a return on his investment? Rita Rizzo was born 100 years ago in Canton, Ohio, and she was raised by a divorced mother in her grandparents' home. At that time, Canton was a rough place run by the Mafia. Rita was baptized at St. Anthony's Church a few blocks from her home, and as a girl, the priest there was assassinated by the Mafia. It tells you how tough it was there. Rita experienced a stigma for being a child of divorce, and her mother, um, her mother was often depressed. Rita would sometimes worry that she would come home from school and find that her mother was not alive. When she was 18, Rita experienced terrible stomach ailment. She went to the home of a woman named Rhoda Wise, who was reputed as a healer. And Rita was healed, and this was the turning point of her life. And she began to pray and learn more about the faith and serve others. She grew in piety and fervor for the faith. And one day when she was kneeling in front of a statue of Our Lady of Sorrows in St. Anthony's Church, God made it clear to her that he wanted her to join the religious life. And so she entered a Franciscan community, and Rita took the name Sister Angelica. Well, Sister Angelica had a knack for entrepreneurship, so she would often be the, the one who ran the construction projects for the sisters in their convent. She started a fishing lure business to help support the convent. 
But one day she was cleaning and she injured herself and it caused her chronic pain. And she prayed to God. She said, God, if you can heal me of this pain, I will start a convent for you in the south. See, it was on Rita's heart that she would go there with other nuns and they would pray for racial reconciliation. You may remember what it was like in the south during that time. And so she was healed. And in 1961, she received permission to start a new community in Alabama called Our Lady of the Angels. And from that point on, she came to be known as Mother Angelica. In 1962, she gave a series of talks that were recorded and that were sold to help raise money, because that's how she did things, right? Uh, but, but they also were quite popular, and the bishop not noted that she had a a gift for communication, he encouraged her. She began to record a show for the radio. And then in 1981, when she visited a television studio, she was inspired to start a Catholic television network. She founded the Eternal Word Television Network, EWTN. You guys heard of that? Yeah, right? You should have heard of that. It is, it is the largest Roman Catholic television network in the world. And it reaches 264 million households. And I know many, many people uh, in whom that, for whom that programming made a big difference in their life and brought them closer to the Lord Jesus. Now, throughout, Mother Angelica would rely on God's providence. When she wanted to expand the world of cable and satellite television, she was told she needed three things. A satellite dish, a license, and a lawyer and said she should start with a lawyer first. So she didn't know how she'd go finding a lawyer. She got a Yellow Pages, I think it was for the area of Washington, D.C., figured that's where good lawyers are. And she looked in the Yellow Pages under listing for lawyers to find the most Italian name she could find. Because right? she was an Italian. She figured Italians probably, they're Catholics, right? So she calls up this guy with a really Italian-sounding name, and she tells him the story that she wants to, you know, she's this nun in Alabama, she wants to, she wants to uh, start uh, getting into the cable and satellite television. And, uh, and he was stunned, and guess what? He agreed, and it turns out his area of specialty was communications law, which is exactly what you need if you're going to do this. Well, now the, now the satellite dish, well, that costs $600,000. So she orders the dish without having the money to pay for it. So back in those days, they had, they had this thing where you could order something, and then when the driver shows up, that's when you would make payment. So she, she trusted in God's providence that they'd have the money by the time the dish was ready to be delivered, but it was like a day, and the dish was going to come, and they didn't have the money. She went to the chapel to pray. And this is what she said. This is what she said to, to Jesus. You know, Lord, I guess I've messed this up. Is there anything you could do to help me with this? At that moment, one of the sisters came to the chapel and said, Mother, you have a phone call. She said, I'm, I'm, pr I'm praying right now. I'm busy. I can't take a phone call. She said, Mother, I think you should take this phone call. So she leaves the chapel, she picks up the phone, and on the other end of the phone is a man calling from his yacht in the Caribbean. And he tells her the story of his son. His son was addicted to drugs. And then his son read a book that she wrote, and he changed his life, and he became sober. This man was so grateful. He wanted to make a gift to the sisters, a gift of $600,000. The exact amount right, she needs for the satellite. And she said, do you think you could wire that to us today? <laughs> so when the satellite arrived, she wrote a check. It didn't bounce. 
Brothers and sisters, the gospel today urges us to take some initiative. Spend more time praying, learning the faith, discern how it is that God wants you to build up the kingdom, wants you to share that faith and to serve. This year, the number of people who are uh, in our parish, in RCIA, who are going to become Catholic is the largest since I've been here as a pastor. And from what I know in their stories, a lot of it is due to just parishioners who have been witnessing, witnessing to Christ in their words and actions that have made an influence on these RCIA candidates. God wants from us to work hard, to be creative, and to take risks. He wants entrepreneurs for his kingdom. And if we use what he has given us well and we make an increase, we will hear God say to us the most important thing we can ever hear anyone say to us. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come, share your master's joy.